0: Countdown for blast-off. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen.
1: Richard Diamond, private detective.
0: The Johnson Wax Program with fever McGee and Molly.
1: Suspense.
2: It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks.
0: Dragnet. We offer you escape.
3: Kraft presents The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah.
4: I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. <laughs>
0: Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum.
3: The Jack Benny Program.
5: Hi, this is Carl Amari, and welcome to Episode 64 of Radio Rarities, the weekly podcast series that examines unique episodes from the golden age of radio. My co-host is the vivacious Lisa Wolf.
6: This time we have a rollicking episode of one of radio's best variety shows. It's
5: the Pepsodent program starring Bob Hope from the fall of 1947.
6: But Bob isn't in it.
5: That's right, Lisa. There were occasions when even the star wasn't available to appear on his or her own show.
6: We've presented a couple of these episodes on past Radio Rarities podcasts.
5: Such was the case on Boston Blackie which was solved by Blackie's friends when Dick Kalmar was out of town.
6: And when William Conrad subbed for the ill Gerald Moore in The Adventures of Philip Marlowe.
5: If you haven't heard these podcasts, they are number 4 and 22, so be sure to check them out.
6: Well, Carl, Bob Hope wasn't ill for the November 18, 1947 show we're about to hear, He was out of town, that is Hollywood, where his show originated.
5: Not only was he out of town, Lisa, he was out of the country, aboard the ocean liner The Queen Mary en route to London.
6: He was scheduled to appear in the Royal Command performance at London Odeon Theatre, But more importantly, to attend the wedding of Princess Elizabeth and Philip Mountbatten, held at Westminster Abbey. And five years later, the princess would be crowned Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II and have the longest reign of any monarch in England's history some 70 years.
5: Bob was a native of London, born there in 1903, and had entertained the troops all around the world during World War II especially in England.
6: It was during the war years, while in the UK, that he had met and entertained members of the royal family.
5: For three weeks during November of 1947, Hope was going to broadcast his show from London.
6: Unfortunately, Carl, the best-laid plans don't always work, as the Queen Mary was delayed in leaving New York and then encountered bad weather on the Atlantic and arrived too late on Tuesday, November 18th, the broadcast day of Hope's show.
5: Both NBA NBC and the advertiser, the Pepsodent Company, were closely monitoring Hope's travels and knew the previous Friday, November 14th, that Hope, due to the delays, was not going to be available for his regular Tuesday night frolics.
6: The network and sponsor had to plan to fill Hope's top rated show with a bevy of guest stars. Of
5: course, they were all from NBC and except for Eddie Cantor, their shows either preceded or, in the case of Red Skelton, followed Hope's show.
6: Held over in the NBC studios from their previous shows were Amos and Andy stars Freeman Gosden and Charles Carell, along with Jim and Marion and Jordan of Fibber McGee and Molly fame.
5: Eddie Cantor, whose weekly NBC show was on Thursday nights, was enlisted as the guest MC for the Hope show.
6: NBC publicized to the hilt these stars subbing for one of their own.
5: Okay, sit back, relax and enjoy this episode of the Pepsodent program with a slew of guest stars as broadcast from the NBC studios in Hollywood, November 18, 1947. For the safety of your smile, use Pepsodent
0: twice a day, see your dentist twice a year. Tonight from Hollywood, Lever Brothers Company presents the Pepsodent show with... Bob Hope's special guest stars, Eddie Cantor, Red Skelton, Fibber McGee and Molly, Amos and Andy, and Walter Winchell. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Hope is still on the high seas en route to England. And you'll hear him in person from London next Tuesday night. In his absence, we present an all-star cast of Bob Hope's friends, starting with our guest master of ceremonies, Eddie Cantor.
2: All right, all right. When you get off, up, get up off your knees. Bob Hope isn't here now. <laughs> Well, gee, thanks. Eddie, you know, that's a swell of you to drop in and help Bob like this. Well, who could refuse? He left a note under my door, come down to NBC and get a surprise. Some surprise. They shove a script in my hand, point to the microphone, and that's not enough. Before I start, they make me brush my teeth with Pepsi, then.
7: <laughs> but, Eddie,
2: yeah, what, what do you usually brush your teeth with? Pepsi, Guru, and beer. I got a sponsor, too. Ah, <laughs> oh, but I'm only kidding. I'm very happy to help an old friend. By the way, Wendell, did Bob say anything before he left about, uh, how much, uh, uh, uh about the, did he, before he left, did he leave, did he, huh, well, anything at all? Yes, the, uh, the usual. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Who shall I make it out to? You mean Bob isn't paying you anything for this, Eddie? Wendell, you know that expression, a fool and his money are soon parted? Yes, You are working for the original quiz kid. (laughs) I've known Bob for so long, I can tell you all his weak points and all his strong points. Well, uh,
0: what are some of his strong points?
2: Short joke, wasn't
7: it? (laughs)
0: Oh, you're just jealous because Bob's going to Princess Elizabeth's wedding.
2: I'm not jealous, Wendell. The king asked me to attend his daughter's wedding, but I turned it down. Just turned it down. For, said, I'm not going. I don't want to go. Oh, wait a minute. You turned down the king of England after he asked you to be a guest at his daughter's wedding? Who said anything about guests? He wanted me as a technical advisor. <laughs> Him with his two girls, amateur. <laughs> <laughs>
7: what? Well,
0: I... I
2: I thought Crosby was getting that job, Eddie. You know, he's quite a family man, too, you know. Crosby, are you kidding? With storks who know Hollywood best, it's Canda, five to four. <laughs> Don't encourage me. I'm not going to do an encore. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'll be represented at the wedding. I help Bob out with his wardrobe, you know. Oh, but Bob's so much bigger, Eddie. Why, he couldn't get into one of your suits. Who's talking about suits? I loaned him one of Ida's corsets. <laughs>
0: Idiot. Yeah, do you, you think we ought to talk behind Bob's back like this? What'd you say?
2: I said, do you think we ought to talk behind Bob's back like this? Why not? It's so nice and roomy. <laughs> <laughs> I was kidding about Ida's corset. I loaned him one of my suits. I really did. Well, I still don't see how Bob can wear your clothes. He's 35 pounds heavier than you are. Well, the tailor put an extra piece in it, Wendell. <laughs> Bob will look great at the wedding. He'll be the only one there wearing British morning trousers with a scotch plaid seat. <laughs>
1: Spend you.
7: <laughs> Nothing
1: very good voice today. I don't feel too good. Of course, I always feel this way after I've had my distemper shots, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got a little fever. I took my temperature with Moore's pressure cooker thermometer, and it said I was about ready to can. <laughs> Well, I was able to do my work before I come to town. Anyhow, I fed the chickens, I fed my horses, I fed my pigs. Pigs. That reminds me, I ain't eat yet. <laughs> well, as soon as I find out why Bob Hope ain't on the air tonight, I'll warm my innards with some biddles. Well, let's see. Wonder which studio it would be. There's the Rolly program. We'll skip that for now. <laughs> Maybe this man knows which studio Bob Hope broadcast from, Howdy Doody. Could <laughs> you tell me where the Pepsi Dent program broadcast from?
0: Why, yes, you uh, go right through that door. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, open it up first.
1: <laughs> details, details. <laughs> Speak up! I ain't no genius, you know.
7: <laughs>
1: wait, I'll take you in. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Say, wait a minute, first. Uh, <laughs> Fix your tie Oh, thank you Say, that's an unusual
1: tie Yeah, I got it out of the mail order catalog You mean that you sent away and got that? No, I just cut it out and pasted it on. <laughs> <laughs> hey Hey,
0: uh
2: Eddie Yeah, you Wendell This goon wants to see Bob
1: Hope Well, come on in, fella No, I better not Oh, it's all right. Say, why are you blushing? I ain't blushing. It's my red flannel sneaking up on me. Again.
2: I'm sorry, fellow, but Mr. Hope isn't here. No? He's on a boat bound for England. They finally chased him out of the country.
1: Right?
2: <laughs> oh, no. No, he's appearing... He's appearing at the command performance of the King of England.
1: England? I was there during the war, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, too,
2: too bad you didn't get to the bomb shelter in time.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
1: you were in the army, you say. Uh, uh, an officer? No, I could have been an officer, though, if they'd have noticed the good work I did. But them generals never came around the guard houses. Yeah. Eh? <laughs> they were too busy trying to talk to Howard Hughes, I guess. <laughs> He said Bob Hope won't be on the air tonight? That's right. Well, I don't know what my mom's going to do. She never goes to sleep until she hears Bob Hope. Well, he'll be on again next week. He's going to be awful sleepy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't look at me, will you? (laughs) This guy makes the mad Russian appear like Professor Einstein.
1: (laughs) Now, if you'll show me where it says that, I'll continue. (laughs) Well, I'm sorry I bothered you, but before I go... Would you care for a little snort?
2: <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't mind.
1: Good night.
0: <laughs> and here's Eddie Cantor and the sportsman singing
2: Civilization. Bongo, 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 I don't want to leave the Congo. Oh, no, 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 no. Bingle, bangle, bungle, I'm so happy in the jungle I refuse to go. Don't want high prices, taxes, housing shortage, worry and fear. So no matter how they coax me, I'll stay right here. Yes,
7: yes,
2: yes, we'll stay right here. Morning, a missionary advertised with neon sign Madman months He tells the native population that civilization is fine 903 And some educated savages holler from a bamboo tree Hey, Dick Tracy, you catch mumbles yet?
7: That civilization is the thing for me to
2: see Oh, bongo, bongo, bongo I don't want to leave the Congo Oh, no, 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 no No, 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 no Bingle, bungle, bungle, I'm so happy in the jungle, I refuse to go. Don't want no crazy auto drivers knocking me on my ear. Life is safer in the jungle, I'll stay right here. Yes, 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 we'll stay right here. They have things like the atom bomb. Oh, so I think I'll stay where I am. Civilization, no, no,
7: no, no, we'll stay right here, down in the Congo. Poor Miriam, poor Miriam, neglected, using irium. So her singing smile had no winning style.
4: Not me. Why not? You'll see. So,
0: folks, don't be like Miriam. Use Pepsodent 1 by 3 to 1. Just recently, families from coast to coast, thousands of people, were asked to compare new Pepsodent toothpaste with the brands they've been using at home. By an overwhelming majority, by an average of 3 to 1, they preferred new Pepsodent over any other brand they tried. Yes, with families who made comparison tests, Pepsodent won by 3 to 1.
6: For its cool, minty flavor that lingers on and on.
0: Families who made comparison tests, chose Pepsodent 3 to 1.
6: For making the breath
8: so lastingly clean.
0: Families who made comparison tests, chose Pepsodent 3 to
6: 1. And for cleaning teeth better, giving bright new sparkle to your smile.
0: Families who made comparison tests, Chose Pepsodent 3 to 1. So for new pleasure in brushing your teeth, new pleasure in the results you'll see, try cool, minty, new Pepsodent toothpaste with irium. The 3 to 1 favorite with families all over America.
5: You're listening to Radio Rarities. We'll return after this short break.
6: i <laughs> If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive ten half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The ten shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood Three Hundred and Sixty radio show and the thirty-minute radio rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co
5: Now, back to Radio Rarities.
7: Dear Miriam, sweet Miriam, now she's using Miriam. So her singing smile has that winning style. Come to me, my melancholy
8: baby.
7: Okay, some smile. I'll say. So folks, just be like Miriam, use irium.
2: I'll bet that Pepsin sells almost as well as the product I sell. Pepsin... Pap- Look- oh, Mr.
7: Catter!
2: Miss Vera Vague! Oh. Why, Miss Vague, if you hadn't said you-hoo, I'd never have recognized you. The way that Bob Hope described such a lovely, beautiful, shy, charming girl. I wish I weren't a married man with five daughters nearly as old as you. Oh, <laughs>
8: Oh, you
10: thrilling
2: man.
8: <laughs> you really think your daughters are nearly as old as
2: me? Yes, I think so. Of course, I never added their ages up.
8: <laughs> Why, you dear pooped-out Popeye.
2: <laughs> oh, Miss Payne, please, I'm sorry. I was I... just kidding. Really, I think you're stunning. Oh. Maybe tonight we could go for a walk. You've got that new look. Oh, well, I'd rather go for a ride. I've got that old idea. <laughs> Miss Begg, you're dynamite, aren't you?
8: Tell me, what kind of perfume is that you're wearing? Oh, this uh, is my own special invention. J. Parnell Thomas, number five. Uh, J. Parnell Thomas, number five? Uh, Yes, one whiff and you want to investigate further. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. I'm so glad you like me, Mr. Cantor. How about using me on your program sometime? I'd work very cheaply. Well,
2: I might be able to squeeze you in.
8: Oh, you might. Well, that way I'd work even cheaper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know if I could take it, Miss Vague. You see, I've worked with some beautiful girls in my time. You know, Ziegfeld Follies?
8: Oh, uh, well, never mind that. Just tell me, how do I stack up?
2: <laughs> like an old pile of war surplus.
8: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you senile Mickey Rooney! you. Uh, tell me, how much you have to pay your eyelids to blink? <laughs>
2: Wait a minute. This program is like information police. Everybody has answers. <laughs> That's
8: right, Mr. Kennedy. You see, I'd be great on your program. I have a trigger mind.
2: Yes, and when you're through with it, give it back the Trigger. <laughs> I didn't mean that, Miss Vega. I, I just said it so you wouldn't miss Bob Hope too much. Oh. Do you do
8: you actually miss him? Oh, yes, constantly. You see, Mr. Candor, I'm working on a Christmas gift for him. You're making Bob's Christmas gift? Yes. How is it coming along? Oh, fine. Of course, I may need a longer fuse. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're making a bomb for Bob Hope's Christmas present? Oh, yes, I'm so mad at him. He wouldn't take me along to Princess Elizabeth's wedding. Oh, but, Miss
2: Vague, that's a big social event. All that nobility and everything, you know.
8: Well, so what? I've been smoking Prince Albert for years.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really, Miss May? I'm uh, amazed. I thought you were the orchid, champagne, and Granger, rough cut type. Uh, <laughs> so you're angry at Bob for not taking you on the trip, huh? Oh, uh, uh,
8: yes. Uh, no, well, really, I'm glad to tell you the truth. The last time I took a boat trip, I was taking a stroll on the deck and I almost drowned. Wait a minute. You were just taking a stroll on the deck and you almost drowned? How could that happen? Oh, some darn fool yelled, Man overboard!
2: (laughs) And now, folks, to check the reaction of the public to this all-star program, we take you to the home of a couple of typical listeners, 79 Wistful Vista, the home of Pippa McGee, and Molly!
10: tinkering with the radio yet, McGee?
9: Not practically. There's just one little thing wrong with Molly. What's that? It won't work. <laughs> Otherwise, now let me see. Maybe if I connect the antenna condenser to the grid leak supercharger and boost the static collector... See, a little more...
10: maybe the tubes are stopped up. Huh? Did you try blowing through them? Huh? I know you usually blow out all the tubes first. No, and...
9: no, no. That... <laughs> that won't help, Molly. You see, I'm changing this thing over to shortwave tonight so I can hear Bob Hope. He's a comedian.
7: Oh,
10: the paper
9: says he's broadcasting from England.
10: From England? Uh-huh. My goodness, that's an awfully long trip.
9: Ah, uh, distance means nothing to Hope. That guy takes a trip to England like I go down to the drugstore.
10: Oh, in a sweatshirt and bedroom slippers? <laughs> Heavenly days, what a way to travel.
9: No, no, I don't mean that, Molly. Hey, I wonder if Hope will come on talking with an English accent and wearing a manacle.
10: Oh, you don't mean. You don't mean manacle, McGee. You mean a monocle.
9: Monocle? <laughs> You're confused, see. A monocle is a newspaper. The London Daily Monocle is one of the leading...
10: Oh, McGee, that's the Chronicle.
9: Oh, Molly, please, don't tell me about Chronicles. You heard Doc Gamble tell me if I didn't cut out cigars, my Chronicle tubes would get stopped up and I wouldn't... The
10: word is Bronicle, dearie, and it's pronounced bronchial.
9: Bronchial? And what was that horse I'd have won five bucks at the carnival on if he hadn't thrown me in the top row of the seats? A
10: Bronco, a bucking Bronco.
9: (laughs) I believe that was a Bronco at that. Well, then Dad read it. What in the first place did I say wrong?
10: You said Bob Hope would broadcast wearing a manacle. Manacles are handcuffs.
9: So what if he does? He could do that show with his hands tied behind him. (laughs) I got... Hey, I better get this radio fixed. This thing ought to bring in shortwave, okay? It costs 90 bucks. Money was worth more back in 1924,
10: too. Maybe it just isn't a shortwave set, dearie. Some of them aren't, you know. Well, it
9: says so right on this one, kiddo. See right here? It says A.C. and D.C. First one's for local stuff, of course. A.C., around the city.
10: What does the D.C. stand for?
9: <laughs> D.C. is distant countries, naturally.
10: <laughs> McGee, I didn't realize you knew so much about it.
9: Oh, shucks. I've been fooling around with radio as long as I can remember.
10: Well, you've been fooling around with that radio right there as long as I can remember.
9: Yep. I remember when I was just a little kid back in Peoria, I built the first receiving set in town. Years ahead of my time.
10: Mm -hmm. Did it work all right? Never
9: could tell. I was so far ahead of time they hadn't even invented broadcasting stations.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Say, look, sweetheart, who told you Bob Hope was broadcasting from England anyhow? I didn't hear
9: that. Why, it's right here in the paper. It says right here. Oh, my gosh. What's the matter? It says Bob Hope broadcasting from England next week. Oh. Well, hey, somebody's got to be I wonder who's on his show tonight. Well, don't look now, dearie, but we're not. We're off. Huh? Oh, I see what you mean.
10: Good night. Good night, huh? Thank you. Thank you,
2: Pippa, McGee, and Molly. You were wonderful, and now... I'll get it.
8: Hello? This is long distance.
2: London, England is calling Bob Hope. London, England? It must be the king calling Bob. Gosh, what do I do? I'll take it, operator. He's your party. Gee, King, I'm so excited I can hardly talk. Hello, King. Bob's on his way over there, King. He'll be there tomorrow, King. Is there anything I can do for you, King? You might dig me up a date with a cute little queen. Well, it's the <laughs> Colonna.
11: So you're in England, Professor. Yes, and I got to talk fast. Why must you talk fast? The British
2: are coming. <laughs>
7: Colona,
2: Colona, <laughs> tell me, are idiots lonely? Yes. Uh, shall we hold hands? <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, Hope. Colona, this isn't Bob Hope. I'll give you a hint who I am. Listen to this. Potatoes are cheaper. Tomatoes are cheaper.
0: Oh, at last.
2: Who? Who was that? President Truman. <laughs> Look, stop this nonsense. This is Eddie Cantor. Are you really in London? Yes, Cantor. My train's just putting in now. What kind of a train whistle is that? (laughs) It's the friendship train (laughs) Oh, Kelowna, you're in a fog
11: No, I'm in London What's your excuse? Wait a minute (laughs) What are you doing in London anyway, Professor? Well, I'm in charge of the Princess Elizabeth's wedding, Canter And I can
2: hardly wait As soon as the ceremony is over Just think, I get to kiss all the barmaids in London Wait a minute, Kelowna It's the bridesmaid you're supposed to kiss what? What do the barmaids have to do with it? I don't ask questions. I just have fun.
11: <laughs> Say, you canner, I I gotta hang up now. I'm going fox hunting.
2: You're going fox hunting?
11: Well, what's all that noise? Can't get my horse out of the phone booth. <laughs> There's a noise of galloping over the hill And the huntsman's horns ring merry its ring See, here they come with a view, halloo Hounds and horses and huntsmen too galloping, 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 galloping by The horses trample the hounds, they bay. The riders' coats are scarlet and gay The huntsman cry Say you've seen the fox go by Galloping, 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 galloping Galloping, galloping, galloping by I look as stupid as I can be And never a word do they get from me Until in anger they shake the rein And start the rollicking hunt again Galloping, 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 galloping Galloping, galloping, galloping by Tally-ho! Tally-ho! No, no, that's the wrong horn. Tally-ho! They're out! At the quarter, it's Hope, by your nose. And Assault, second. Hope, there goes Assault in the front. Hope went back to look for the quarter. going to be a tight finish. They're crossing the line all together. for Mahali, Yak-Jack, Boogle Boogle, Hubble Harry, Tess Mahooch, Hasselah Pasha... And the winner, F.E. Boone of Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> For would I be telling them, no, not I, That I saw the fox go wearily by, wearily panty worn and spent, Would I be telling the way he went, Galloping, 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 no, not I. His pretty foxy galloping, 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 galloping by with the flame in his eye. Absident
0: One by Three to One. Yes, in a recent survey, families from coast to coast, thousands of people, compared new Pepsodent toothpaste with brands they'd been using at home. By an overwhelming average of 3 to 1, they preferred new Pepsodent toothpastes with irium over any other brand they tried. The N.W. Armstrong family of 5101 Melrose Avenue Los Angeles preferred new Pepsodent on every single count. Mrs. Armstrong says...
8: Our little daughter, Terry, just
6: loves the taste of Pepsodent. In fact, we all do. And my husband is convinced there's nothing like Pepsodent for cleaning his breath. As for me, I found Pepsodent makes my teeth look brighter than ever before.
0: And family after family agree with the Armstrongs. Yes, with families who made comparison tests. Pepsodent 1
2: by 3 to 1. Get it without delay. Ladies and gentlemen, Amos and Andy were supposed to be on this program tonight, but they haven't shown up yet. They did tell me that their pal, the Kingfish, well, had borrowed an old, broken-down, second-hand car so they could drive to the studio. I wonder if they're still on their way.
4: Uh, boys, how long you figure we've been riding now? Oh, about ten minutes. Then I guess it's safe to put it in second gear. Knock my hat right off. Well, it sure is nice to be working on the Bob Hope Show this week. You know, next week he's going to be broadcasting from England. Yeah. Uh, say, Kingfish, look, there's NBC Studios right there. Yeah, and here's a parking space. Too. All right, I'll stop the call. Well, you missed NBC and stopped right in front of CBS. <laughs> Here's another parking space right here. I say, fellas, while you two is parking the car, why don't I run into NBC there and tell him he's here? Oh, yeah, Amos, cause we don't want to make the other people on the Bob Hope show mad with us. Well, fellas, I'll get on in the studio. Good idea, Amos. Go ahead. Uh, well, Andy, now to park the car. The fella I borrowed it from told me that I got to use the foot brake and the emergency brake, too. Yeah, well, you think you can back it in there? You ain't got too much space. Yeah, well, I'll show you how to get it in between them two cars. Uh, stick your head out the window there, and I'll go on back. Now, guide me in there. Okay. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Whoa! <laughs> Cut your wheels and go forward. Uh, tell me how I'm doing. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Whoa! Uh, do you think you could get the whoa just a little ahead of the impact?
7: <laughs> well,
4: i I'm going to try it again here now. Okay. Come on back. Come on back. Come on back. Whoa! Don't work that way neither, do it. (laughs) You know something? The way you go and you can get a job in a parking lot. Well, I don't don't think this, uh... This your emergency brake ain't working. That's the trouble. I've been pulling on the thing. What do you pull on? This thing right here. That? I've been wondering why that ventilator on the hood has been flipping up and (laughs) down. What I got to do is get in here. Now, let me back up a little bit. Oh, I know what the trouble is. I'm going forward in second gear. Let me get the thing in low once and try it. Watch this. Yeah, you can even hit them better that way. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you better step out the car and direct me here. Yeah. I'll get out and stand behind that fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the stuff. Come on back. Hold it, hold it. Your bumpers is locked. I'll pull up. Uh, how's that, Andy? Is the bumper clear? Yeah, it's clear off the car. I think I'll go forward now. That'll do the job. All right, come on. Come on. Whoa! We come out together that time. <laughs> well, at least we got the car parked. Now, come on, Andy. We better get on in the studio here. Yeah. Hey, there's Eddie Cantor coming out of NBC now.
2: Well, ho- hello there, Andy and Kingfish.
4: Hello, Mr. Cantor. Yeah, we come down to help out Mr. Hope. We just had a hard time parking the car, but that's over. Now for the program. Too late, boys. That's over, too. Oh.
2: Amos and Andy, ladies and gentlemen, ordinarily at this time, Bob has a serious message for you. We're fortunate to have in his place tonight your New York correspondent, Walter Winchell.
3: Attention, Mr. and Mrs. United States. When I am recruited to help exploit the March of Dimes, the Red Cross, Navy Relief, or the Runyon Cancer Fund and other causes, the people of the stage, screen, and radio help most and do the hardest work. We on the Runyon Committee have never had to ask these wonderful people to help us. They always say, as Bob Hope said, what can we do to help you? Thanks then again to the show, folks, and to all of you in 48 states for your gracious and generous help. We have already turned over $675,000, including $25,000 to war veterans in California. By next December the 10th, we will have allocated $1 million in the four corners of the 48 states and the Middle West. We are nearing the one and a half million dollar mark now with not a penny deducted for expenses of any kind. The Runyon Fund is also grateful to the coin machine industries of Chicago. These fine people pledged at least a quarter of a million dollars to our fund every year. For accelerating the efforts in this terrible war on cancer, you have my deepest thanks as a citizen for doing it in affectionate memory of Alfred Damon Runyon You have the gratitude of all of us on the newspapers who are the guardians of his reputation. This is NBC,
9: the national broadcasting company.
6: Well, Carl, that was some show with all of the stars, but it ended a little abruptly as announcer John Storm and the NBCQ cut off Walter Winchell's plea for the Damon Runyon Cancer Fund. But
5: that was live radio, Lisa, and timing was everything. The show had to end on time.
6: Hope usually concluded his show with some sort of public service announcement. In his absence, it was thought that Winchell would make a pitch for the Runyon cause.
5: As MC Eddie Cantor, had duties throughout the episode engaging some funny banter with announcer Wendell Niles.
6: Which included a plug for Cantor's sponsor, Pabst Blue Ribbon.
5: Red Skelton also mentioned his sponsor, Rally Cigarettes.
6: I was waiting for some reference to Johnson Wax in the Fibber McGee and Molly skits. But without
5: Harlow Wilcox, it would have seemed out of place.
6: And one more thing, Carl. I was disappointed that Gosden and Corral were not heard until the end of the show. I
5: think they could have been worked in earlier. Would have made a better overall show. However, the fact that they snuck network rival CBS into their script and got away with it was a hoot.
6: Les Brown and its orchestra were a riot, along with the sportsmen.
5: The other singing group on the show was the Miriam Singers for the Pepsodent commercial.
6: They were led by Miss Miriam herself, Trudy Ewan, accompanied by Leo Durkhorn, Leslie Baxter, and Bernie Park.
5: As the show was about to run over and be cut off, there were no credits. So, more than 75 years later, let's acknowledge the contributions of Hope's regular supporting cast.
6: Barbara Jo Allen is the manhunter Vera Vague.
5: And comedian and sometimes singer Jerry Colonna.
6: On the production staff were producer-director Bob Stevenson, who was assisted by Jack Lyman of NBC.
5: And program supervisor Al Capstaff from the ad agency Foote, Cohen & Belding.
6: The sound effects artists were Wayne Kenworthy and Parker Cornell, with John Pollock as the control booth engineer.
5: The episode was well-received by both the audience and critics, but all was not well behind the scenes.
6: Indeed, Carl. Pepsodent's president, Charles Luckman, was not happy that Hope was going to England, especially since there was a good chance that atmospheric conditions would interfere with the shortwave broadcasts. The following week's show of November 25th was hindered a bit, but was still heard by the audience in the U.S.
5: Luckman and Hope had been squabbling during the past few months. After 10 years, was it time for Pepsodent to part with Hope, as the firm had done with Amos and Andy? During the 1930s, the duo was at their prime on radio.
6: At the end of the 1947-1948 season, Hope and Pepstint did end their decade-long association. In the fall of 1948, the product advertised on Hope's program was Swan Soap.
5: Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Radio Rarities. Radio Rarities is a Gulfstream Studios copyrighted production produced by yours truly, Carl Amari. My co-host is Lisa Wolf. Mike Gastella is our executive producer. And the show is written by Carl Shadow. Next week, we'll present from 1950, The Black Dahlia Murder Case. The audition from the ABC Radio Workshop. You won't want to miss it.
6: Thanks for listening.